Merry Christmas, church. I hope that you have already begun to be interrupted by the reality that there is, for all people, good news of great joy. There's a lot happening right now in the life of our church. Uh, we've moved all of our services back online for just a few weeks uh, to help us focus on Christmas Eve at the Christmas Park. And I hope that you're already getting registered for that. It's going to be an amazing experience. It'll be our Christmas Eve service in the context of an outdoor Christmas park with carols and music and games for the kids and so much more. So look online and get registered for that right away at fcc-jc.org slash Christmas. We're also continuing our weekly prayer gatherings at the Johnson City Medical Center at 5 p.m. every Sunday evening. We just park in the back of the lot, we leave our lights on, and we pray for our community. And especially we pray for those that are battling COVID. We're launching a, a new community support group. It's called Coping with COVID. Hey, I expect that everybody feels a little bit like me, that COVID is sort of getting us down. And if you need a place where you can talk about some of those struggles and just get a little boost dealing with the COVID impact on jobs and relationships and stress and anxiety and loneliness and parenting and grief and everything else, uh, we've got a great leader, uh, Dr. John Angelopoulos, who's leading that. It's amazing. Uh, reach out to the church and we'll get you connected with that. Also, I want to remind you that we're in the middle of our end of year offering season, and that's continuing for the whole month of December. And during the month of December, 20% of all that is given goes to two great missions, church planting in Ecuador and our food ministry here in downtown Johnson City. Next week, we'll give you more information about the food ministry, but today I want to tell you what's happening in Ecuador. Here's a little snippet from a visit I got to make last year. Hey church, I'm down here in Ecuador uh, learning about a ministry model that I hadn't heard about before. It's a combination of church planting, community development, and child sponsorship. It's bringing churches to the poorest communities of the world, and then from those churches launching child sponsorship and community development programs that heal the whole area by proclaiming the gospel and transforming children's lives, bringing people out of poverty in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, this piece of land right here, uh, we hope will one day be a church. You can see the, the building incomplete there, but rising up and they're hoping to purchase some of the pieces of land here uh, around us in the middle of this super uh, co wonderful community, but that is in great need of a church and in great need of the resources that child development could provide. It could even be that a place like this, or maybe even this exact place, is a place that First Christian Church could make a difference. So, I got back from Ecuador last year and the first chance I had, I told the elders that this was the most creative and effective evangelistic and church planting strategy that I had ever witnessed. You see, there were two problems that Christians were facing in the poorest communities of South America. Those who wanted to do child development and poverty relief were stuck because there were no churches in these communities that they could partner with. And those who wanted to plant churches were stuck because there was no infrastructure to support these young churches as they got started and became independent. So the two groups got together. Local leadership, working with Compassion International and Stadia Church Planting, is heading into the poorest communities of the world. They've already been working for 10 years in South America, 
planting churches that are also centers of child development and community transformation. The last 10 years have seen amazing success. And when I got to visit them, I honestly was blown away at the kind of impact a local church here in the United States could have if we partnered with this group. So with them, we get to launch a church. And then a few months later, we get to sponsor all the kids that will be part of the child development program out of that church. And then a few months after that, we get to visit and celebrate the brand new ministry as it changes lives and preaches the gospel in the poorest communities around the world. So your gift this December will help us launch that project. And I can't wait for the journey that this begins, interrupting the trajectory of a whole community, transforming hundreds and thousands of lives. Uh, speaking of interruptions, uh, that's what we're talking about this Christmas, right? How can we let our lives be interrupted by the good news of great joy for all people? And today, I want to interrupt your life with a new tool. Did you know that was possible? That, that, that the right tool at the right moment can interrupt your life? I mean, if you don't believe me, uh, track down an Instapot. That will change your life. I, I remember one of the times I learned this message, this lesson very clearly. Um, I was in seminary, a really poorly equipped a uh, member of a roofing crew. Uh, two summers in a row, it's how I paid my way through seminary, and I was definitely the worst one on the job. And one day, I, I nailed down four sheets of plywood uh, the wrong way, and they all had to come up, you know, probably uh, 40 or 50 nails all together that I had to pull out. And I was sitting up there on the roof of that building in the middle of the hot sun with my clumsy framing hammer trying to dig in there and get out the nails. The nails weren't moving, but I was ruining the sheet of plywood. It was gonna be a long afternoon. Uh, when one of the other guys on the crew who actually knew what he was doing uh, came over, took pity on me, and loaned me his cat's paw. Uh, a cat's paw is just this tiny little tool with these little teeth, and, and you tap it in and it'll get underneath the nail and you can pull the nail out without ruining the board. And that tool was just the interruption I needed. It saved my afternoon. The nails got out, I was able to put the boards on correctly and was able to move forward. Uh, that happened to me again this September. I had a tool bonanza this September. I bought a tool and I was given a tool, both trucks. I, I bought this truck right here, 2008 Nissan Frontier. First truck I've ever known, owned and I love it. I've already gotten to loan it out twice for other people to move furniture. And that's why you buy a truck, right? So other people can borrow it and move furniture. And then I was given this hand truck right here. My parents gave it to me for my birthday and I love it too. I'd had one years ago and I found that I used it all the time and I loaned it out all the time. In fact, eventually I lost it because I loaned it to somebody and never got back. This one I got for my birthday. The very first thing I did with it is loan it to somebody else so they could haul some furniture. And then they gave it back so I could haul some things. I love a tool that not only helps me, but helps me help others. And today I wanna give you a tool just like that. I want you to discover with you a simple truth, a tool that will bless your life, especially in this season. But it's also a tool that you can share with others and bless them. 
It's a truth about the world, and this truth is good news of great joy for all people. It's a truth that's just hidden right in the middle of the Christmas story. Jump in with me to Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their town to register. Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. And while they were there, the time came for Mary to give birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, Do not be afraid. For I bring you good news that will be the cause of great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, well, the shepherds turned to one another and said, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And this was the interruption we noticed last week, that the favor of God has come that a new king now reigns, and it should change how we live. Let's go, the shepherds said to one another, and we are invited to live with a let's go mentality, to live differently because of the interruption of the good news of great joy for all people. Let's keep reading, though, and see what happens next, and we're going to find another interruption that I think will bless you today and will help you bless others. Verse 16. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. But the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. After the shepherds see the baby, they do two things. Two things that all of us are supposed to be doing. Two things that Jesus said should be central to our lives, but two things that are sometimes really hard for us. What did they do? Well, number one, they told everyone the good news. Uh, shepherds were ritually unclean, and so normally they kept themselves out at the edge of town. But not today. Today they start waking people up and announcing the good news of great joy for all people. Everybody has to know what they saw. And the second thing they did, that we also are called to do, is they glorified and worshiped God. Even in the middle of a long night, even in the middle of a hard world and a hard time, 
they experienced something that made them stop and give glory to God. How could that be possible? How could you glorify God in crazy and difficult times? How could you become an evangelist when by all proper polite rules you weren't even supposed to talk to other people? Well, meeting angels would help, wouldn't it? But that alone was not the trigger for their spontaneous worship and their spontaneous evangelism. Look back with me at the text and let's uncover the secret, not just for the shepherds, but for you and me. What do you need this Christmas that will let you really glorify God? And what do you need that will let you live into the mandate that all of us have to have an evangelistic gospel posture in the world? Well, check it out with me. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then in verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Everything they heard, everything they saw, was just as they had been told. On that night, God kept God's promises to the shepherd. They weren't even that big promises. Go and you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. But by keeping these small promises, the shepherds were reminded of the great truth about God, that God keeps all of God's promises, including the very big promises that the angels had just made. Remember those big promises? I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born who is Messiah, the Lord. You see, this truth that God keeps God's promises that everything they found was just as they had been promised by the angels, the messengers of God. This truth is the vital tool that the shepherds needed to become spontaneous evangelists and spontaneous worshipers. And it's the tool that you and I need this Christmas too, to interrupt our daily tasks and reorient our life and our witness. This tool, and the knowledge, the sure confidence in your life that God keeps, God's promises, will help you worship and will help you share your faith. Here's the thing. If you want to move heavy things for you and your friends, get a truck or a hand truck and share it. It's the right tool for that job. But if you want help worshiping in hard times, or evangelizing even in the midst of suffering and difficulty. Well, the tool you need for that is simple. God keeps God's promises. God's promises to comfort those who mourn, God will keep. God's promise to save us from our sins, God will keep. God's promise to free us from bondage, God will keep. God's promise to end disease and suffering and restore health, God will keep. God's promise to conquer death itself, God will keep. God keeps all promises. 
Many of us have lost loved ones this year to COVID or in some other way. And, and we wonder, and it's, it's a legitimate wonder, God, how could you let this happen? And I get the question, and we don't always get an answer. But God does not promise that we will not struggle in this world. God does not promise that we will get through this world without suffering and loss. Instead, God promises to overcome the world that what is healed will be broken, that what is lost will be found, that what is forgotten will be remembered. In fact, Jesus specifically promises, in this world you will have trouble. And surely right now around us that promise is being kept. But Jesus continues, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And God is keeping that promise. For Thanksgiving, I, I sent out a little message uh, about a scripture, a promise of God that's been super helpful to me. All the years that the locusts have taken, declares the Lord, I will restore. That promise is from Joel and it's repeated in the New Testament and that is quite a promise. After a year like this, this promise of God comes to us. What this year has taken, God will restore. More immediately, God promises again and again to be with us in difficult times. And we have seen that this year. I can testify to the presence of God this year in some really special ways in the midst of a really hard time, and I know many of you can too. God has been faithful to us personally and faithful to our congregation even when there has been deep suffering and loss. One of the ways around here that we remember the faithfulness of God even in difficult times every single Christmas uh, is with simple ornaments. Uh, we know that for many of us, every year, Christmas is a hard season because we're, we're remembering those that are not with us. We're remembering those that we've lost. And if that's true for you this year, we want to join you in your grief and in our mutual trust in the promise of God that He is with us when we grieve to provide comfort and hope for all those who suffer. It, the process is really simple. If you would like an ornament made in memory of someone that you're missing this Christmas, uh, the easiest way is to use our online connection card. It's at fcc-jc.org online. There'll be a link in the chat. Uh, you can just follow that link, scroll to the bottom of the page, fill out the connection card, and, and there's a place where you can share the name or the names that you would like written on an ornament. If that doesn't work out for you, just call the church office. Ornaments will be available for pickup this week from the church office and you can get the details on the form or by calling the church. Listen, I know it, it sort of seems like such a simple statement, like it's not even worth noticing. Everything happened just as it was told to them. But that statement Buried there in the middle of the Christmas story, everything happened just as it was promised to them. That statement changes everything. 
God keeps God's promises. God does not always do what we want to happen. But God is faithful. And the shepherds saw that God keeps small promises as a demonstration that God will keep all promises. So they worshiped God and they trusted God to keep even the big promises of the angels, the good news of great joy for all people. And we too have seen God keep so many promises to us starting with the resurrection of Jesus and continuing up to this very day, our God is a faithful God, a promise-keeping God, and the evidence we have seen of the promises God has been keeping gives us hope for the promises that God is yet to keep, but that God certainly will keep. And the first way this truth changes our life is that it lets us worship, even in times of suffering and grief. Because we know that the promised end of all things is glorious, we know that if things aren't glorious, it's not the end. And we can worship waiting for God to keep God's promises. But this tool is not just for us, not just to enable our worship even in difficult times. This truth is also a fantastic way to enter evangelistic conversations. It's almost as easy as letting somebody borrow your truck, which I can testify is really easy once the word gets out. And if you feel like you need a tool to reach out to others, just let me just share some practical tips. Listen, I know that evangelistic conversations can seem really intimidating and maybe you're afraid to have them, but it's part of the call of Christ on our life. And more than that, How could you, who know the good news, keep from sharing it with others who don't? So, if you're struggling having an evangelistic posture this Christmas, I want to share with you some really practical strategies that could establish a meaningful conversation about the good news. Something you can share with the spiritually curious in your life or just those you have friendships with. And it starts with this simple testimony. God keeps God's promises. This was what allowed the shepherds to be evangelists, right? And we still sing songs about them. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. And what allowed them to go tell it on the mountain? Because they saw with their own eyes, God keep God's promises. So, Here's what that could look like for you. In fact, I want to make this a very specific challenge. I I sort of dare you right now, while you're listening to this message, make a commitment to reach out to one person or to one family or maybe more, but at least one, and invite them to Christmas Eve at the Christmas park. We've got nine different time slots over three different days to keep everything spread out and COVID safe. Go online to get more details, but the challenge is to invite somebody. And in that conversation, ask them how they're doing and really listen for a response. People are probably hungry to talk about how they're coping with COVID. And they'll probably ask how you're doing. And likewise, I want to challenge you to be vulnerable and real in your response. 
and pray for that conversation and trust that in the middle of that conversation, you will have a chance to tell them about a God who keeps promises. And that this could be a tool that you could use to share the good news. It might sound like this. Hey Fred, man, I'm really sorry to hear about your year. And I know this may sound silly and I don't know, but I do wanna know what I believe for you in your life. I believe that God wants to bless you even in this hard time. I believe that God wants to comfort you and I believe that God is gonna keep God's promises in your life. That may sound crazy now in the midst of what you're going through, but I just want you to know that I believe it and that's what I'm gonna be praying for, that God will keep promises in your life. Or maybe it will sound like this. Yeah, we have had a hard year, but it's been interesting because in the middle of it, God has been really faithful. Even in our grief, God has been close. God has given us moments of joy, and so we're just trusting God to keep promises. This whole year, we've just been super dependent on the promises of God to give us hope, even in hard times. You might want to practice the conversation, and it doesn't have to sound just like that, but, but think about what would it look like for you to tell somebody the truth from your own life that you have seen God keep promises and so you trust that God will keep all the promises. And I'm not sure who you need to tell. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's your parents or reach out to a friend from college just to catch up to see how they've survived COVID and, and pray for an opportunity to tell about our promise keeping God. But here's the truth. If you know that God keeps promises, if you have seen it happen in your life, then you already know the good news of great joy that is for all people. So don't keep it to yourself. If you've seen God's faithfulness, even in hard times, tell somebody that God keeps promises because they might not know. One of our core values as a church is to tell our story. And so part of it is to tell the story of where we have seen God keep promises and how we are trusting that our God will keep doing it. Just like the angel said, the promise of good news, of great joy for all people. So that's my spiritual challenge to you this week. Worship, even in difficult times. Why? Because our God keeps promises. And reach out to somebody. Invite them to the Christmas Eve service so they can hear good news. And when they ask you how you're doing, tell them you're going to make it. Not because you're so special, but because our God keeps God's promises. And God promises, church, that the end of all things is glorious. So if things aren't glorious, it must not be the end. And that is good news of great joy for all people. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful that you are a God who keeps your promises. We are often faithless and forgetful, but not you, God. You remember and are faithful to us, keeping your promises to all generations. 
We thank you for this now, God, and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Give us the strength to be like the shepherds and go tell the whole world that you have kept your promises through Jesus Christ. Give us the strength right now today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.